0: Gotta love I just want to chill and twist the lot Catch stunts in my 745 You drive me crazy, shorty, I Need to see you and feel you next to me I provide everything you need And I like you smile and I want to see you cry Got some questions that I got to ask And I hope you can come up with the answers Hello and welcome to Locked On Flames, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kristen Anderson, and thank you so much for joining me today. So, I was on the road with the team in Arizona and Vegas, and I know it was a couple of days ago, obviously, and a couple of games ago, but it's still important that we discuss it today. I think on this episode of the Locked On Flames podcast, I really think that it was such a telling moment in this team's season, and it was honestly the toughest stretch of hockey that I've seen this group go through in the last couple of years. I mean, in my first season covering the Flames, 2013, 14, they did go winless in six during the fall, and then went on to lose a pile of games in an 18-game segment over Christmas time, where they went 3-12 and 3. But that was a totally different era. They had hardly any skill. They had very little star power. Sean Monahan was in his first year. They were rebuilding the organization from the general manager downward. Coaching changes obviously ensued after that, moving on from Bob Hartley, moving on from Glenn Gullitson. Goaltending, they were re- rebuilding from the Mika Kippersoff years. They had really no organizational depth, but I think that this is a totally different ball game for this group. This is true adversity. This is the type of adversity that a team, this team especially, has not seen before. It was the kind of struggle, and it's the kind of struggle that provokes change, shakeup, trades coaching changes, management shifts, anything to snap a team out of a funk. The Flames are certainly at a crossroads, I believe. It's different than what you're seeing happening in Toronto right now with the Maple Leafs. I think that Mike Babcock has been there longer, so that makes a huge difference in terms of um, the staleness of a coach's message. I, Bill Peters, I don't think, is in the same position as Mike Babcock. The, he's only been with the Flames for two years, so I think that there's a little bit more patience when, as far as his job is concerned. And same thing with the players. I think that Brad Living has a job to do right now and it's to observe and But how much more observing can he do before he has to make a decision and make some changes happen? So I think that that's going to be a big trend that we're going to see in the next couple of days, especially on this four-game road trip. It doesn't get any easier for the Flames, who are in St. Louis on Thursday and then face the Philadelphia Flyers and then Pittsburgh Penguins and then Buffalo Sabres. So it's a long road trip, and it's going to be a telling road trip for this group. I want to talk about the games at Arizona and Vegas, especially just because it was basically rock bottom for this group. In my opinion, they couldn't score a goal. They couldn't get a lead. They couldn't do anything. Really the first and second line are anemic defensive coverage, scoring in transition. Somebody asked earlier this week, why flames head coach Bill Peters and Matthew Kachuk didn't seem more angry after the avalanche loss, which was the flames fifth straight loss. And really, I think it's just, they've sort of run out of answers at this point. They were, super upset after their losses in Arizona and Vegas, Matthew Kachuk especially. And I'd like to bring up that interview that he um, did in Vegas because a lot of the things that he said were totally unprovoked and he was just using the media as a bit of a sounding board, which I think is the most authentic interviews that you can get when a player really just wants to explain how the team is feeling and how the player is feeling. And um, really you got that sort of enthusiasm. Authenticity from Matthew Kachuk, which was totally telling. They're frustrated, and he was frustrated, and he hates losing. So let's hear from Matthew Kachuk right now.
1: Yeah, it's, it's getting pretty old. Uh, it's getting old. Um, I don't know. If it's not that our starts have been horrible. We just can't get this lead. And, you know, when we trail, we press, and then they put a six spot up on us when it's, you know, a, a pretty tight game until the third period. And I don't know what happened, but we just. Kind of let them run away with it and leave our goalie out to dry up and countless times is it's uh, it's getting old. What's the feeling right now in this locker room? I mean, I, I'm sure they're sensing some frustration, but what is the feeling? No, well, it's it's disgusting. It's 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 bad. It's bad right now. It's we need to. we need it's to, to change this around. Maybe going home for one game can do that and spark us going into this road trip. But uh, well, something's got to change here. We we got to get back to to the old us and and get out of this little funk we have here because this is this is not fun. Um it's not fun right now so uh you know it's when we're playing our best it's 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 fun to come to the ring, play with the guys and, and uh this this last little stretch that we've struggled and it's it's not fun being down in games and it's not fun leaving your goalie out to dry like that and, and uh it seems like we've uh, we've done that a little bit too much here but uh you know our we had same with those chances. We have some of those chances and um, thing go in, but the difference was, um, you know, they, they probably outworked us and outplayed us tonight. But it's 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 getting a little bit older now.
0: It seemed like things spiraled and just a lack of resiliency to kind of come back. Um, You're just losing yeah, ants. You don't.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know uh, what led to that, but uh, it can't happen. Um, it can't happen
0: clip, that quote, did you hear that? It's disgusting. That is someone who doesn't like to lose. That is someone who is truly frustrated about the chain of events that seems to be plaguing this group right now. They did come home and managed to score in Tuesday's 3-2 loss to the Colorado Avalanche, but it was against the Colorado Avalanche. Like, How brutal of a feeling is that the team that knocked you out of playoffs in five games, the team that you were supposed to be matched up against pretty equally in playoffs. If not, you were supposed to be the deeper squad. And as the number one seed heading into the playoffs, we're supposed to outlast them. But at no point on Tuesday, did they look incredibly dominant? They outshot the uh, avalanche of course, and they did have a, a last ditch stretch at the end of the game that, that they looked like they were competitive. But for a group that was so dominant in all phases of their game last season to feeling this way now, it's an alarming problem for the Flames. And after the break, I'll dive into a little bit more about their woes the upcoming road trip and why there's a sliver, a tiny sliver of optimism in this group. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all the other offers from Locked On sponsors at lockedonpodcasts.com slash offers. Scoring has been a huge issue for this team, the first and second lines especially. Against the St. Louis Blues on Thursday, we'll see another shake-up to the top two trios with Johnny Goudreau playing with Michael Backlund and Matthew Kachuk. That's the way that they practiced on Wednesday at Winsport after uh, Tuesday's game against the Colorado Avalanche. and They actually ended that way that game. Andrew Maggiapani is on the second line with Sean Monahan and Elias Lindholm. The Lucic-Dube-Ryan line has been excellent and they're still together. But when your third line is your best line, you have huge problems. Johnny Goudreau had another tough game against Colorado as he, Backlund, and Lindholm were all minus two. He and Sean Monaghan were both minus fives in the Flames 6 nothing loss to the Vegas Golden Knights. The plus minus st- statistic is a bit tricky and it doesn't mean much sometimes because a guy can just step onto the ice after a change and the other team will score so it doesn't necessarily correlate to how he did or did not affect the opposition's goal. But there's some merit to that statistic in those situations when it comes to Johnny Goudreau and Sean Monaghan and how they played. And Sean Monaghan even pointed out to his Dash 5 after Sunday's game at Vegas. So um, there's also their failure to get any type of lead or traction during this slide. They've trailed for 703 minutes and 36 seconds this season. That's crazy. And they've given up a lead 16 times this season. That's 16 of 24 times so it's always going to be difficult if they're always playing from behind Bill Peters has talked multiple times about this, about how it's not a recipe for success. Yes they've been able to come back in certain situations but it they need to start getting on the board early their starts haven't been that bad, that's the other thing that's so mind boggling about this little slide that they've been on so you look at their inability to get a lead inability to gain any when it comes to getting on the scoreboard first, and then their body language completely gets down. Derek Ryan had an interesting comment after Tuesday's game against Colorado about this, about their body language and um, lack of positivity and lack of determination and resilience to to get get back to fight back. And Mark Giordano talked about it as well too. So I would like to bring up those two interviews just so you can hear from both of those players because they're saying all the right things, but now it's
2: about doing it. If you look at our last couple of games, our best line has been, been Doc, Looch and uh, Dubes and I think it's there's no secret to uh, to what they're doing. They're working really hard. They're holding on to pucks in the Ozone and and they're chipping them in and going and getting them. So uh, for the rest of us, we have to, uh, as a team, we have to simplify, uh, look at that, uh, look at them as an example right now, look at the guys who are going as an example and, and get back to work. I think uh, um you're, you're not going to outskill anyone in this league. Everyone works so hard. It, it has to be the number one thing. All of us growing up, uh, from the moment you started playing hockey, that's, that's human nature. When uh, when you're down in games, when your team's down, you're trying to do whatever you can to, to help the team. Um, but, yeah, we got to get out of that mentality of, uh, you know, even when we're down, we're down a couple of years, You're not going to get two in one shift uh, most nights in this league. So you grind away, uh, chip away, play with confidence, um, but again, like you said, you have to see good things happen, and, and the way we're going to do that is if we get back to uh, what, what makes us successful—the hard work, the backtracking, the, the little details—that's what sort of makes our team successful. Well, yeah, we rolled through the regular season pretty, uh, pretty smooth last year, um, um, and then at the end, uh, I didn't think we were we were great in the last uh, part of the regular season in the playoffs. So hopefully, this year it's the complete opposite, and. Uh, we face our adversity now, and we roll, uh, you know, into the second half and into playoffs. Is it too early for people to be panicking,
1: or are you at a critical juncture?
2: No, it's it's critical. I mean, there's there's points to be had every night. There's teams playing every night, getting getting uh, getting points. You don't panic, but uh, urgency needs to be there. We need to we need to get uh, some wins, some points, and get back uh, back on a roll. So. Um, you don't panic, but it is uh, the urgency has to, has to be there for sure. Yeah, I think last regular season, maybe we didn't go through enough adversity. So maybe you could talk about this is a good adversity point for us to build on, realize it's not going to come easy. The expectations are higher this year, and, and um, we have that in the dressing room as well.
0: When we come back, I'll be teeing up the upcoming road trip, give you some news and notes, and give you some reasons for optimism moving forward. All right, we have some awesome news actually coming from the Calgary Flames on Thursday as TJ Brody has been reported to have undergone some medical testing and the results continue to bring good news. Flames General Manager Brad Trilliving said that TJ has been working out for the past several days and today skated on his own under the supervision of medical staff. So today being Thursday. Over the past week he has had consultations with appropriate specialists in Calgary. To date all medical evaluations and testing have been reassuring. We still work to complete final testing and are optimistic he will rejoin the team in the near future. So I was at practice on Wednesday and TJ Brody was there just watching practice with his family so I thought that that was kind of an interesting little tidbit little note really good news when it comes to his health I think that the Flames are better when he's on the ice he's had his share of struggles it's been well documented but this has really been a big blow for the Flames they really don't have a lot of depth right now on the right side defensively with Travis Hamanick being out for who knows how long um, with a lower body injury he suffered uh, against the Vegas Golden Knights on Sunday I think that it's good news, progress is being made with TJ Brody. They still don't know, it sounds like they still don't know what is going to... Be the result of, of the on ice episode, that scary um, convulsions that he w- went through almost a week ago. So, um, good news on that front for sure. The Calgary Flames are 10, 11, and 3, and heading into Thursday's action, they were eight points behind the Edmonton Oilers, who lead the Pacific Division. The Flames were also sitting out of the playoff picture at ninth in the Western Conference. This road trip sees them play the Blues, the Philadelphia Flyers on Saturday, the Pittsburgh Penguins on Monday, and the Buffalo Sabres. On Wednesday night, Philly and Pittsburgh are both 5 2 and 3 in their last 10 games, while Buffalo is struggling at 2 6 and 2 in their last 10 games. Interestingly, Philadelphia is 6 1 and 3 on home ice, which is one of the better home records in the league, and their power play is middle of the road 15th in the NHL at 20.3%. Meanwhile, Calgary's is 16.9%, sitting tied with Pittsburgh for 21st. So we all know the scoring struggles that the Flames have gone through. I think their power play is the least of their worries right now. At the very least, they need to worry about getting on the board, just period. The Flames' penalty kill continues to be one of the best in the league, sitting at 85.9%, but that's also because they practice it the most. <laughs> They're still leading the NHL with 107 penalties, which really, you have to think, has played into their struggles as of late undisciplined penalties and really taking the flow out of the game that's what we've talked about on this podcast many many times it's something they have to get cleaned up the flames recalled tobias reader and defenseman alex Yellison on wednesday but both are out of the lineup on thursday and again this is just for uh reinforcement i don't see alex Yellison getting into any game anytime soon um i think he's just there for a little bit of reinforcement and um an insurance policy as well. Tobias Reeder very well could get into the lineup. We'll see what happens on Thursday against the St. Louis Blues but this is a long stretch and they will need extra bodies considering they're on the road for uh, four games in seven nights. So um, David Riddick gets the start against the St. Louis Blues. Again we need to talk about his load management and how things are going with him. It'll be interesting to see if he what, what the schedule is for him on this road trip. I'm sure it's very much going to be about how he's feeling and how he's playing as determining his starts and determining his playing time. Former Flames forward Troy Brower signed a one-year deal with the Blues, and he'll be playing his former team on Thursday night. So everybody remembers Troy Brower. He's one of the best guys in hockey super good teammate. He's been skating with the Calgary Hitmen until he's been trying to find work. Um, Lo and behold, the Blues have some injuries, so Troy Brouwer had been skating with the Blues as well and uh, was signed on earlier this week. In addition to the Flames' sick bay with TJ Brody, Travis Hamanick, Austin Zarnik, and Yusuf Alamaki, they added Sam Bennett to the LTIR. This was a little bit of a cap relief move, just to kind of get some relief from his and kind of hide some of his salary. But this is also because of an upper body injury to Sam Bennett. So, unfortunate timing. They've really run into the injury bug as of late. And I think that this is some huge, um, this is a huge challenge for them. This is adversity that we talked about earlier in this podcast. They haven't faced this type of adversity yet this season and frankly the forwards have to step up it's Johnny Goudreau's on Johnny Goudreau's shoulders it's on Sean Monaghan's shoulders and some of the other players who haven't been scoring which goes for pretty much the entire roster so um there's some optimism though I think that teams trend in the right direction a few games before they kind of snap out of this slump. We saw that on Tuesday night against the Colorado Avalanche, aside from the start, aside from that two goal deficit that they were down by early on in the in the in the game. I think that there was a lot of positives to be had from that experience and um Nothing positive kind of came out of the Vegas game. I don't think it was a six nothing loss, and, and pretty much everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. The Golden Knights scored in transition and really took the life out of the Flames in every shape, way, shape, or form. But I think that you saw some positives against the Colorado Avalanche, and this is a huge road trip for the Flames to get back on track. I think that you know it can't get much worse. Uh, I guess it could, but. I, I do think that they're working really hard at, at saying the right things and honestly doing the right things and trying to get out of this slump. So um, it'll be an interesting few days to see what happens with the Calgary Flames. I hope you join me again soon. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll be back on Friday to discuss what happened in Thursday's game against the St. Louis Blues, give you a preview of the weekend ahead and next week's game, and recap any other news and notes that occurs from now until then. Now. Would you love me if I was down and out? Would you still have love for me? For me.